Hello and welcome to this episode of the Heart Podcast. My name is Dr. James Rudd. I'm the Digital Media Editor at Heart, and I'm delighted to be joined on the podcast by Dr. Prachi Badnagar from the Nuffield Department of Population Health in Oxford. Prachi, many thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you very much. Prachi, you've just published a paper, an open access paper in Heart, along with uh, some co-authors and senior author Nick Townsend. Uh, which is entitled Trends in the Epidemiology of Cardiovascular Disease in the UK. Could you give us an idea as to the motivation for this uh, for this uh, paper and also some of the methods that you use to gather the data? Yeah, of course. So um, we work in a, as part of a larger project on looking at the cardiovascular disease um, epidemiology. We're funded by the British Heart Foundation to do this. And um, we write reports on an annual basis, and um, those are quite widely used, but we thought it would be really important to also get it out there in the peer-reviewed literature, because there's actually not a huge amount out there that brings together all of the information about the burden of disease um, into one place, and especially, especially with regards to trends. So we thought that was really important to do. We started um, by looking at mortality data, trends in mortality, uh, we, that data is readily available from the Office for National Statistics and the different statistics agencies of the UK. And um, we looked at age standardised trends in mortality data. And um, for the first time, um, we standardised this, the European standard population for 2013, which was updated um, from 1976. So it was quite important to do that update. Can I just jump in there and ask what you mean by the European standard population to a non-epidemiologist yeah. like me? Yeah, so the European standard population is a, it's essentially a theoretical population and it's just um, a way of standardising rates so that we know, so we can account for differences between either over time or between populations of regions. So this standard population has been used for a long time um, as just a way of saying if these rates were occurring in this population, that's what it would be and that accounts for differences. But because... Okay that population has changed now, the rates, the relative rates have also changed and then we also, so, and that obviously affects our interpretation of trends, so we needed to update um, the, the long-term trends using this new population. Okay, and what, uh, the data sources you mentioned were the, for the mortality, what about data for prevalence and incidence? Yeah, so prevalence data, it's quite difficult to get accurate prevalence data, we used data from QOF, which is the Quality and Out- Outcomes Framework from the general practices, for general practices. And we also used um, three national surveys, two of which were health surveys. So there's a health survey for England and the Scottish Health Survey. And then also the um, general lifestyle survey, which hasn't run since 2011, but it does have data going quite far back and provided us with differences by age, which the other data sets couldn't do. Which So that was quite important to get that to. Okay. Um, And what was the headline results from your study? We already knew this, I suppose, but it was confirmed that mortality, age standardized mortality for cardiovascular disease and its two major components, coronary heart disease and stroke, has declined hugely over the last 30 years. And there was little change in prevalence, um, but there was some increase over those aged over 65, so those in the older age group. But that was quite an interesting finding that there hasn't been too much change in prevalence. And just by prevalence, uh, for again, for the non-epidemiologists out there, 
Could you just define prevalence and incidence and make sure that we're all on the same page, if that's okay? Yeah. So prevalence is the is a estimate of the number of people at any one time who report having a particular disease. So people would have been asked, um, have you ever been diagnosed with coronary heart disease? And so that question gives us an, an idea of at any point in time in the past, in the, the whole life, has anyone been diagnosed with the disease? Incidence, however, is looking at new cases of a disease. So within the past year, how many people have developed a heart attack? Okay, that makes sense. So the headline results, as you were saying, the, the prevalence has stayed roughly the same, but there's been a significant reduction in both total cardiovascular mortality and also what you call premature mortality. Is that true? Yeah, exactly. Okay. And what about stroke and uh, other related conditions? Did you find similar trends? Yeah, there were similar trends. Stroke has declined uh, across all countries for in mortality, but it particularly declined in Northern Ireland, which is interesting. The reasons for which we don't know, um, we didn't look at that in this paper. It was beyond the scope of this paper, but it's quite quite interesting to find. Quite a marked change. Okay. Mm-hmm. And what about um, rates of admission to, to hospital? Did you find any changes there over the last, say, 20 years? Yeah, so there's been a increase in hospital admissions over the past. We didn't have data going back all the way 20 years, but the data that we do have, there's been, definitely been an increase in hospital admissions, mostly due to men, and that's for cardiovascular disease and stroke, and for, and for, sorry, for cardiovascular disease and for coronary heart disease. That's interesting. Okay. And I've also gathered from a later part of the paper that there's been a dramatic increase in the amount of stenting uh, percutaneous coronary intervention performed, about seven, a sevenfold increase, I, I noted, yeah. uh, and a, a modest decrease in coronary artery bypass surgery from a high in the late 1990s, and it's down by about 30% on those, on those figures. Yeah. That's very interesting and, and fits with certainly my experience of of current UK practice. And Prachi, did you find any differences in the sexes in terms of prevalence and incidence and mortality? Yeah, so there's been decline in mortality for both sexes, fairly equally, I think, between the two, uh, for mortality certainly. For prevalence, there were differences between the men and women. It definitely, the main finding really is that it reduced in older ages for both sexes. Uh, That's important to state. Okay. It did increase, so if we're looking at um, cardiovascular disease overall, it did increase a little bit more in in men. Prevalence of cardiovascular disease increased a little bit more in men as compared to women. And generally also with hospital admissions, which is a kind of proxy proxy for incidence, it's not an accurate way of measuring incidence, but it's the best we had. There were quite significant differences in genders in hospital admissions with uh, uh, many more admissions in men. And in fact, for women, often hospital admissions have gone down, depending on what we're looking at. Okay. And how about looking at those factors again across the different the four different countries that make up the United Kingdom? Historically, I, I remember that Northern Ireland used to be top of the league, as it were, in terms of, in terms of mortality for, for cardiovascular disease. And you state... Somewhere in the paper, there's actually been quite a significant reduction. And now uh, England is the only country that's below Northern Ireland. So it looks like Wales and Scotland have overtaken Northern Ireland. Yeah, that's um, it's quite interesting. And 
it's perhaps due to what, what that's due to, we don't really know. There could be a very, very reduction in incidence or in case fatality. But the fact that Northern Ireland's reduced so much is really quite impressive. Scotland remains the has the highest burden overall. That's in terms of um, mortality and prevalence, we think, according to the data that we have. But And Wales, Wales is always kind of in the middle. It depends a lot. But in general, Scotland always has that highest burden. England usually seems to have the lowest. So Northern Ireland has done incredibly well, I think, to have moved itself quite consistently from sort of the sec- having the second highest burden within the UK to the almost the, yeah, the second lowest. Mm. And do you have any idea as to what the cause of these reductions is? I mean, could it be due to, let's say, the smoking ban that's been in effect in the UK for the last four or five years in, in, in restaurants and, and pubs and workplaces? Do you think it might be due to a better diagnosis, earlier diagnosis, better treatment? Or, or was your paper really not set up to gather that kind of data or, or draw those conclusions? So our paper really didn't look at that kind of data or conclusions, but previous work um, by sort of colleagues have shown that um, I think it would be a combination of all those things you just mentioned. So risk factors have certainly come down, smoking's come down hugely and um, over the past sort of 30 years or so. That smoking ban would have had some effect on that, but obviously only very recently. Mm. It would it would have had an effect. Diet has improved, though. You know, we should also note that obesity is increasing, as is diabetes. These things are both risk factors for cardiovascular disease. That's a good point. Yep. Yeah, and there's also a previous paper has shown there's been they looked at hospital admissions linked to mortality data, which is probably one of the best measures of incidence we can get, though it's quite hard to get hold of that data. And um, they found that there's been, like they found there was a 50% reduction in overall age standards mortality. That's from myocardial infarction specifically. And um, that was partly half due to reduction in incidence. So new cases and half due to reduction in case fatality. So survival once once you've got that heart attack. And obviously, those reductions in incidence will be linked back to that, those changes in risk factors. But this is kind of space speculation, really. That this, our paper didn't look at these things, but when we think about previous research, that's those are potential explanations. Those are likely. Okay. Yeah. So that, that's a really fascinating insight, and I, I wonder if these kind of reductions um, are happening elsewhere. We imagine that they probably are in the United States and also across Europe, but perhaps the reverse is happening in in the should we say, the developing world where the incidence of smoking is still very high, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Smoking's, um, and in fact, is increasing in some countries in the developing world. And non-communicable diseases such as cardiovascular disease are on the rise in less developed countries, countries with lower incomes. And in fact, 80%, I think it's 80% of all um, non-communicable diseases and cardiovascular disease are actually happening within the developing world as opposed to the developed world. Really? you know, despite that, there's still a huge um, burden within the UK and across the world, and it's only really getting worse in terms of, certainly in terms of prevalence in, not prevalence, but certainly in terms of treatment and prescriptions and the cost and the cost to national health services across all countries. Yeah, it's interesting what you, what you also you state in the paper about, because the number of, of people being admitted to hospital is increasing, although the mortality is decreasing, we're left with people who you know, probably survive their heart attack and then uh, present a large financial burden to society, which, um, depending which way you look at it, is a good thing or a bad thing. 
Exactly. It's a bit of a double-edged sword. So obviously we want more people to survive um, heart attacks and strokes when they do get them, but then there's obviously a, an added cost to, to that. And that then they survive, they probably survive with slightly worse off health. So and other, so there's that initial cost of the healthcare system and then most likely some sort of ongoing cost as well, kind of monitoring and extra, extra prescriptions that they may need. Mm, so, well. I mean, yeah, we still really need to work on prevention. Absolutely, big time. Prevention is always better than uh, better than treatment uh, if you yeah. can do it. Excellent. This is really valuable data, Prachi, particularly in the the current climate of um, trying to uh, increase the amount of, let's say, government funding. Uh, certainly in the UK for healthcare, I think this is uh, important data to to flag up to the uh, the politicians and the people who hold the purse strings. And I want to thank you very much for joining us uh, for this interview. And your paper is now live on the Heart website. And I'll put a link in the show notes to the paper where people can uh, can go and read. And the paper is also open access to its uh, its free for all. Thank you very much indeed, Prachi. Thank you, James.